Protect your family's coconuts and tropical fruit from the coconut bandits with a brand new safe from Amazon.com. Get the best deal on everything you need and find... Get the best deal on everything you need, including all things Halloween, and support Rob Has a Podcast when you start your shopping at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times. Well, actually really win the game at all survivor no way to Yes, that is right. Survivor know-it-alls. We are back, baby. And uh, have we got one hell of a show uh, for you guys this week. I am Rob Sisternino. And with us, we are back together once again. Look at this guy. Woo! It's Stephen Fishback. Woo! Together again. Oh, my God. The it's boys Steve- are back in town. Stephen, are you on a new set? Yeah, I'm trying, trying something new here, Rob. I, I, uh, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down and podcasting. I'm going to see if that stops me from, uh, you know, jerking around as much as I do when I, when I do the standing pod. I'm, I'm going to see if I have new insights from the seated position. And uh, I got to say, Rob, I'm very, very glad to have you back. Uh, I have gained new respect for how hard it is to host and keep the conversation moving and think of everything that uh, is going on on the show and in the conversation and, you know, uh, the whole thing is, is a real challenge, and I, I'm very happy to be a co-pilot and not a, a not a pilot. Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that very much. Uh, I would say that my, my podcasting career, if I ever get divorced, I think I'd be very good on first dates after that. This training <laughs> has really made me I, I can have small talk with anybody, move the conversation along, and get through any any awkward date that I should ever go on the rest of my life. Yeah, and especially if the date uh, wants, likes reality television. You'll oh, yes. I'd propose. There we go. <laughs> Get right back into this. So, Stephen, yeah. and, and by the way, uh, you, you are uh, such a sharp dresser tonight. Well, I, you know, got, I'm, I'm sitting down. I want to, you know, it's a whole new new podcasting experience. Now that you're a dad, I need to stab it up too, Rob. Good, good. All right. Okay, so we've got a lot to get to. A crazy episode of Survivor we're going to be talking about. We are going to cover every single angle. I've got so many bullet points that I want to hit on. So we will get through all of that. Of course, uh, tomorrow, exit interview coming up with Marissa. A whole uh, n- more podcasts coming up about Survivor this week. We're going to talk to Abby Maria uh, this week, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, Stephen, let's let's get into it. And uh, of course, you guys along the way, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, send us your tweets hashtag rhap. And uh, as always, you could always leave us comments on our YouTube channel at robhasawebsite.com/slash/youtube. All right. Big power move tonight, Stephen. A, I did not see this coming uh, when we had about 10 minutes left in the episode. I said, oh, my God. Uh, Brad Culpepper sacked. I I really did not. I was really shocked. And I'm glad I'm sitting down today because I would have had to sit down anyway. It was a, a shocking episode and a shocking maneuver. I also, I didn't see it coming at all. I thought there was a chance Caleb was going home. 
I thought there was a chance Sierra was going home. I did not see that Brad blindside. And what was most amazing was the way it played out because it, this was not did not look like something they had discussed at all at camp. I could have seen Brad being voted out last week where they had sort of brought up the issue, do we vote out Brad, do we vote out John, a little bit. But this week it seemed really like Caleb at the last moment said, hey, I've got an idea, guys. Why don't we just just vote out, vote out Brad? You know, like he got tired of, of Brad's crap at tribal councils. Like, let's vote for him. Well, we've got like seven or eight different angles on this to cover. So uh, let's let's jump right into it, Stephen. And let me start off by asking, was Caleb the target tonight? Well, that's the crazy thing, right? Because I think we were led to believe that there was a plan to take out Caleb. But nobody voted for Caleb in that first, you know, Brad himself didn't vote for Caleb. Even after Caleb says, Brad, I am voting for you, Caleb, you know, Brad doesn't vote for Caleb. So that led me to think that Caleb was not ever really a target. You know, maybe Brad toyed with the idea. Maybe he was the decoy boot for the girls. But it really looked to me like Brad was going to take out Sierra. What was your thought about that? Yeah, it felt like that Caleb was going to be the target. And then from the stuff that we got to see, we saw, okay, we saw the part where Brad tells Sierra the fake plan. Like, okay, we see the part where Caleb says to the bros, hey, we, remember, we all got each other's backs, right? And we said, okay. But then we didn't see the part where where Brad talked to the bros. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But I went into tribal council thinking, okay, we know that Caleb's the target because Brad said earlier in the episode, hey, I got to get Caleb next. He's my next He's my next target. So uh, we went into it. But then all three, all of the guys, there was no way the guys could have changed their vote. So I feel like with 100% certainty, we could say that Sierra was the target and Brad was lying to Sierra. Yeah, I think that's that's clearly the case. And, um, you know, and then Jeff asks this question to Brad about, you know, Caleb not having a loved one on the other tribe. And Brad is thinking about it. And as a viewer at that moment, I thought, oh, wow, Caleb is the target. And Brad doesn't want to tip him off here at tribal council. But it turned out that Brad just didn't want, you know, to insult an ally, which is, you know, decent, decent gameplay on Brad's part. Did you feel like Jeff Probst was trying to throw Caleb under the bus tonight? Because we know that there was no love lost between Jeff Probst and Colton. Even in the recap tonight, Jeff Probst had to get in there. And Colton quit the game for the second <laughs> time. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you've never seen anything like this. So then when they got to tribal council, Jeff, I felt like, was saying, hey, why not vote out this guy? He's got no loved one. Nobody would be mad at you guys. How about that, Brad Culpepper? <laughs> Well, I only thought it was unusual when I thought Caleb was the target. When I thought Caleb was the target, and then Jeff was like raising this blindside, I thought, I mean, that seems like a little bit unfair to, to the this great blindside that's about to get pulled off. But it turned out Caleb wasn't the target at all. So yeah, I mean, maybe Jeff was throwing Caleb under the bus a bit. You know, maybe he was. Uh, you know, Jay, he just wants to stir things up. I, I, I didn't think it was uncharacteristic for Jeff. You know, and then the pot stirring. Uh, uh, you know way he does well it was actually kind of ironic that caleb almost potentially became the target because he was all alone because i'm not sure if you listened to any of the interviews that colton did but colton said the reason why he quit the game was to take the target off of caleb by quitting the game then caleb would be safe and nobody would be coming after him and that was almost precisely the reason why caleb almost got voted off 
Yeah, I mean that was that was you know questionable logic anyway, but uh, yeah, certainly it then became becomes a huge issue for Caleb. Uh, and yeah, and and so Jeff asks Brad this question. Brad answers honestly, and suddenly Caleb's you know hackles are raised, and he's like, screw this. I mean, obviously this is not a single moment. This is not Caleb just reacting to this one instance. This is Caleb sort of responding to a lot of things that have gone on in the tribe. And I, don't, I think we can't deny it's Caleb responding to what has been happening at Redemption Island. Because I do not think Brad Culpepper is getting voted off at this point in the game if he is not constantly getting harangued and called out at Redemption Island. All right, now, I got this question on Twitter before the show started, and I'm sorry, I don't have uh, who it's from in front of me. But the question was basically, last season, we had a sort of a similar exciting tribal council where Malcolm said, hey, we've got the immunity idols. We're, we're telling you we are voting for Philip." And we talked about this quite a bit on this show of over whether it was a great a one week exciting move or whether it was something that would carry Malcolm in the game. And I forget who was on which side of the, uh, of the argument at that point. But as far as this particular argument goes, was this a smart move long-term for Caleb or was this sort of just an exciting one week thing that's going to result in him going out of the game sooner than later? Yeah, I think it was a bad move for Caleb. You know, I think the right move for Caleb in this situation is to vote out Sierra. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. First of all, let's be honest. Sierra is weak. She is not good in challenges. You know, this tribe has got to win some challenges or every week it is going to be someone voted out. You know, and you can think about the merge. You can think about the long term. But ultimately, if you don't win the challenge before the merge, you're getting voted out. And as the numbers dwindle, it could very well be you. Sierra has been a liability. I think she's weak. The other thing is that, as Hayden really you know, aptly pointed out, uh, Brad is great shade at the merge. You know, Brad is a huge target. He's become this lightning rod for both tribes. Keep him in the game, you know. Let him distract the attention from you and from your alliance and be a huge target at the merge. Um, and, you know, once, uh, once Caleb votes out Sierra, you know, his alliance has numbers anyway. His alliance of Hayden and Vetus They've got the numbers in the tribe regardless. So uh, I don't think there are really any you know, strong advantages to voting out Brad other than just sort of the we got the bully moment. You know, strategically, uh, in both the short term and the long term, I think it's a mistake. What about you, Ralph? I agree with most everything you said. I think I like this a little bit more than you do for Caleb, but I think it really hurts the trust between Hayden and Vetus because those three guys made a pact and they said, hey, We've all got each other's backs. If anybody hears anything, we let each other know and we trust each other. And kind of like John with the immunity idol, we have Caleb demonstrating he does not trust these other two guys because he he's thinking that they're going to blindside him or whether or not maybe he he buys into it and he's just had enough of Brad Culpepper. Either way, he's going out on his own. He's going rogue and not telling his alliance mates what's going on. And maybe he's you know currying favor with Katie and Sierra, but at the end of the day, what is that buying him? Yeah, no, I I mean I completely agree. I mean, it looks like he and Sierra ultimately, I mean, you know, to some degree it comes down to relationships, right? It looks like Caleb and Sierra have a good relationship. You know, Brad comes over afterwards and, and tries to give him a handshake. Is like, you know, I don't, I'm not upset at you. I totally understand what you did. I was wrong. Totally mature, respectable thing from Brad Culpepper. 
And Caleb's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And then he like gives, you know, Sierra a little playful bump on the shoulder. It, it, it looked like, you know, apart from the strategic implications, it kind of just came down to who he liked more, which is honestly like what, what the decision often is in Survivor. You know, it's if you have a marginal decision and there's like calculations on both sides, sometimes it just is like, who do I like? And if I like, you know, Sierra, I trust her. I enjoy working with her. I would rather spend a week you know, in miserable conditions with people I like than spend that time with people I don't. Well, do you think that Caleb, after Colton going out of the game last week, feels like, well, there's no way I can win because everybody else has their loved one. I don't have mine. I'm already in a disadvantage over here. I'm just going to go into FU mode. I don't like Brad Culpepper, and I just want to take him out. I, I don't think it's that extreme. I mean, I think, you know, Caleb has said sort of that, in, in his, you know, secret scenes, he's kind of relieved. Or maybe it was in the episode itself that he's sort of relieved that Colton going. He doesn't have to worry about Colton anymore. Um, he can kind of play the game uh, himself. I don't think he's really in a panicky mode, but it certainly could be that now that, you know, he, maybe he feels unshackled and freer to make big moves or, you know, maybe he feels like he needs to prove himself in a, in a new way because of the whole Colton drama. So, yeah, I think those are definitely possible. Okay, so... Obviously, we think this was a good move for Sierra tonight because she went from being voted out to staying in the game. So we know this was a good move for her. Uh, what about for Katie? Good move or upgrade or downgrade for Katie? Yeah, definitely an upgrade for Katie, right? If, if uh, Sierra goes, Katie's you know pretty clearly the next one to go. Um, yeah, I mean... The only person it's bad for, it seems, is uh, is Culpepper, and maybe I mean I think that you know the, the guys I think the guys heard from it. I think Hayden and Vetus actually it's really the worst for uh, because especially Hayden, you know he's a really big guy. He's uh, clearly sort of a physical monster, and uh, you know at a merge, someone like him is going to be a big target. You know Cat's not in a great position over on the other tribe, um, and having someone like Culpepper there, both as an ally and as a, a deflection, would have really been useful for Hayden. So assuming this group goes back to tribal council, because at this point, I don't think they're ever going to win a, a challenge here, especially losing Brad, who was probably their best performer in the challenges. Um, do you think that the group goes the three guys turning a, against Sierra and Katie, or is it Caleb, Sierra and Katie voting out Hayden or Vetus? I mean, my gut is that the three guys stick together, but you know, as soon as, loyalty has been violated in an alliance anything goes right i mean we saw even i mean hayden said that last episode right we've been five guys you know turning on the five guys is going to create distrust and you know brad culpepper who was the architect of that first blind side now is the victim of the second um so you know i really think anything could go next week all right let's talk about vetus here Ultimately, we have this tie vote. It goes three to three, and then they go back and they vote again. The two girls vote for Brad once again. Hayden sits there, and oh, God knows how long he was there. Uh, he changes his vote a bunch of times. This isn't Big Brother where we have Julie saying, Hayden, we need your vote now. Apparently, he went back, back and forth. He crossed it out. He went back. Uh, that's not good either when you see your name uh not your name on the vote, but somebody wrote it and crossed it out. But yeah. so it was Vetus was the one that switched. Did you think that Vetus made the right move? He avoids the purple rock, or yeah. do you feel like was this a Cochrane 1.0 type move for Vetus? Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely don't think that, right? I think, you know, Cochrane immediately jumped ship and it was 
you know, there was many more people in that tribe, right? Now there's a one in four chance of Vetus drawing the rock as opposed to, you know, the one in however many it was. I think Cochran, that was like the merged move, right? There were 12 people. But there, there was like two immunity idols and, and a necklace. And uh, so who knows? I think it was one yeah, in seven. The other I thing think it was is one that it's not that it's not the decimation of Vetus's alliance, right? Like Cochrane was killing his own alliance and his and himself with that move ultimately. Whereas for Vetus, it doesn't really matter, right? Vetus still has Hayden, he still has um, Caleb, and he still has Adas on the other side. So I think that uh, for Vetus, um, it's probably the right move. Avoid the purple rock. You're gonna make the merge, and when you're at the merge, you have really strong connections. So because Hayden was the one that voted for Sierra, do you think if this group goes to tribal council next week that Hayden is the one that ends up being voted out? Oh, wow. I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, that seems unlikely to me. That, like, you know, obviously it was a crazy tribal council and Hayden, you know, I, I have faith in Hayden. Hayden is my dark horse. I really am liking Hayden's gameplay this season. I got to be honest. Um, I think he's making very smart moves. You know, he's someone who could have come into this game and been a giant threat and, uh, you know, he's one big brother. He's obviously an athlete, um, you know, and, and somehow he's managed to sort of fade into the background. And you see these testimonials from him, and they're all incredibly intelligent and thoughtful and strategic. You know, he is not this doofy bro that he comes off as. And I I, I don't know. How, did he play brother, big brother, big brother the same way? I didn't, I didn't watch that season or any season. I think that he gets a little, you've watched seasons of Big Brother. Don't, don't be a denier. Season. I watched yes. Ian's season just, just to know, just to see. Uh, he gets, I think Hayden can, he, he goes, he can go both ways, Steven. He can get along with the bros or he can be more articulate and get along with, uh, people that aren't necessarily the, these, uh, super bro type. So he can but, get along. But is he good at fading into the background? Is that his MO or, or, yeah, uh... I think so. He can, he can be under the radar. He's not yeah. like, he's not like an alpha male type. Yeah. He is more of a, you know, beta male, maybe sort of like an Ethan Zahn. No, oh, wow, that's so rude to both of you know, call him the beta male. No, I think I'm an alpha. I consider myself an alpha male. I well, We're the Ethan player. Zahn strategy, I, I believe that he referred to himself as nobody likes the coach of the team, but everybody likes the assistant coach. Uh, yeah, and again, coach. On, yeah, on that's Star right. <laughs> but that's the sort of the idea of like, hey, not the. You know, not the head guy in charge, but the vice president. Right. Uh, no, that's smart. Yeah, that, and that seems to be a good role for for Hayden, and one that he both he and Vetus are good at. You know, are playing well, and so I like that 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 was an alliance. That's kind of my my favorite alliance. Like, hey, hey, ass, hey, 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 this. <laughs> All right, uh, and one last thing on this wacky power play tonight. Uh, Brad Culpepper, let's uh, write the obituary here. Now, again, he goes to Redemption Island, could come back. We'll talk about all that, too. But let's talk about Brad Culpepper's original stint in the game these four weeks. Was Brad Culpepper very bad or very unlucky? You know, I, I, I thought that Brad Culpepper actually was a pretty strategic player. You know, he, he assumed this leadership role that, you know, is dangerous for anybody. But I thought he made smart strategic decisions. And one thing that Brad Culpepper was really trying to work through, in a way everyone is trying to work through, but he really seemed to be tackling with this, was how do I, you know, how do I formulate my strategy with this new blood versus water twist? How do I make decisions knowing that there's, you know, family members on the other side? You know, I'm not just deciding things for right now. 
I have to think who has connections over there, whose connections are going to be good for me. You know, and, and I, I thought Brad, you know, for the most part, you know, he wasn't always making the right choices, but he was making thoughtful choices. And he got super unlucky with this Redemption Island thing, which has got to be, you know, no one, no one making moves in the first half of the game can profit from this Redemption Island thing, especially with this blood versus water twist where you have the other side, you know, who typically in Redemption Island seasons, I'm kind of rambling here. I'm all, I'm wrapping it up, Jeff. I'm wrapping it up. Um, you know, typically, uh, you know, in, in Redemption Island seasons, the other side is gaining strategic information about your side. You know, that's bad enough. But now they're also learning who's turning on their loved ones. So it's not just strategic, it's also personal. And, and I think, you know, Brad really bore the brunt of all that. When I did my least you need to know episode three recap, I said that Brad's game was like a combination of Boston Rob before he learned how to play the game and Russell Hance after he lost his mind. And, and I stand by that. I mean, I feel like all the decisions that Brad made on paper were good decisions that it was sort of the execution of that. I mean, and even the decision to get rid of John last week. Tell me the difference between Brad Culpepper getting rid of John in episode three of Survivor Blood versus Water and Boston Rob getting rid of Matt Elrod in episode two of Survivor Redemption Island. Well, I mean, you know, I think there are, I mean, do you really want me to tell you the differences or is that, uh, was that, uh, I mean, it, that it's, it's basically the same thing. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's not a I, big I difference. Really there. The same. I think, I mean, I guess you're right. Because, you know, Matt was, had connections with Andrea, you know, he was, he was worried about, you know, him going off and doing his own thing. Whereas John was super loyal to, I guess, I guess Matt was super loyal to, to Rob as well. But, uh, you know, I, I see what you're saying. It's the same idea. Saying. It's the same idea. The, the, the yeah. difference was Boston Rob, in his fourth time playing the game, doesn't you know say to everybody at Redemption Island, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't have trusted me. I was wor- <laughs> I was working you over the whole time. That's your that's your fault for trusting me." Like that is a horrible strategy for Brad Culpepper to come back and tell the group of, Hey, I was, I was playing him from day one that uh, he was, I, I, he should should have never trusted me. He should know I'm a huge liar. I'll screw anybody over (laughs) like that. What was he thinking? Telling people that, you know, I mean, I I agree that, you know, I I think every time I don't know, Brad, to be honest, was putting, you know, he was put in a really hard position, you know, and, and your brain, you know, you, you've got, you know, people yelling at you, calling out your strategy, calling you a liar, someone you've just betrayed, you probably don't feel good about it. And then you have to think, I'm responding to this person. I'm also responding to my tribe and I'm responding to the other tribe. You know, I have to come up with something to say that's going to appeal to all these audiences. I, you know, I, I give the guy a break for not having the perfect words come out of his mouth in that situation. And I actually thought in the Redemption Island scenarios, he did pretty well. You know, that time Tyson was yelling at him and he says, hey, we have to play the game over here. It sucks that we're voting out your loved ones, but we don't want to. We actually just, we have to vote someone out. I thought that was a good answer. And, you know, some of his answers were not ideal. Like, you shouldn't have trusted me. But, like, you know, when you're when you're saying things and you're not at your best, you know, not everything you say is going to be the best thing possible. Yeah, I think Brad could actually be better if he came back and played the game a second time. I think that he just did not have any nuance to his game. I, I agree. I, mean, I, I really did think he was he was thinking about the whole blood versus water thing. And, you know, I don't know. Like, what, what would be the right move, you know, for Brad Culpepper in this situation? Is it to vote out Caleb, who has no connections? Is it to vote out Sierra? I mean, you know, what is the right decision? I don't think I could say that. Yeah, 
Um, I would say for Brad Culpepper, I would say the, the right move was to vote out Sierra, but the right move was probably also to keep John around last week because if Brad Culpepper kept John, I don't think John would have flipped and they would have yeah. had more numbers and they wouldn't have had the girls that were going to be able to flip with Caleb. So I think that definitely in hindsight being 2020, very bad decision to vote out John from that group. Yeah, and it probably it just came down to ego, right? Brad didn't think that. Brad kind of thought he was invulnerable. He thought he was really the leader, and he didn't realize. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize: how much you need to kind of coddle your alliance as much as you're coddling, you know, your enemies. You know, people we 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 see it on TV, and people are in alliances, and we think, ah, oh, that's an alliance; they're solid. But you really have to keep your alliance feeling uh, trusted and trustworthy. And make sure that there's you know good good relationships there. Uh, right. You know, regard, you know, anyway. the, the really great players have everybody in their alliance thinking that in you have, you have a group of five or six. Everybody in the five or six thinks they're going to the end with you. That's yeah. when you're really playing this game well. And that was not yeah. what Brad Culpepper was ultimately able to do with this group. All right, let's uh, move along from this. Uh, and let's talk about the Redemption Island uh, from wow. the first part of the, the first half of the episode. Uh, here we go. Let's let's talk about a uh, something interesting that came up. Uh, when we have this new twist this season of you get a clue for the hidden immunity idol. And it ended up being the reason why John was voted out. This week, the Culpeppers, or oh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Woodcocks, and specifically Candace Woodcock, makes a decision: who should John give the immunity idol clue to? And they say they let's give it to Monica. And so Brad Culpepper says, "Throw it in the fire." And she does. She says, "Hey, I got to do it. Got to throw this thing in the fire. Got to do it." Stephen, your thoughts on uh, this whole situation? I'm thinking of giving the Culpeppers the fishy award for that move. I think that is the right move for sure. You know, yeah, you heard, you heard it here, America. Um, uh, you know, you got to, uh, the idol is definitely, a, you know, a dangerous when it's one tribe. You know, it's dangerous to have. It's dangerous when a few people know about it. It's dangerous when your tribe knows about it. How much worse is it when both tribes know about it? And when people, you know, sort of have a vendetta against your family. You know, to, to immediately burn the idol clue is a strong statement, and it's uh, it's definitely the right move. What, what about you, Rob? What's your take? I don't know. At first blush, I was saying, well, why not take it back and and do the opposite of what John did? Why not say, hey, my alliance, let's go find the idol. Let's have an idol in our possession. Wouldn't that make our alliance stronger? And I saw that from a lot of people on Twitter. Why not do that, Stephen? Well, I, mean, I think there's a few reasons. And first of all, like, who's the person who's holding that idol, right? Is it Monica? Is she going to give it to someone else? That's, you know, one thing. You know, I think just taking it, it's been established as a target, right? This is a target on you. Like, regardless of whether or not it should be a target or, you know, she's playing it in a way where it doesn't deserve to be a target, the, the words are out there. If you have the idol, you are a target or the idol clue. And, like, why bring that attention onto yourself? Um, and then there's the merge too, right? Where she has to think like, well, the other tribe is going to think I have the idol or suspect I do. Um, I just don't see the advantage, you know, the other, the other thing to think about too is the actual dynamics that go along where they are so anti-strategy, you know, to go back and be like, hey, Alliance, let's go digging for the idol. You know, that's not the way that tribe functions. They don't want that kind of game element. And we saw how, uh, how Colton got burned by trying to, to introduce it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, 
and that's why I said at first blush, I thought the right move was to share it with the group. But, you know, if you're one of the people on that tribe, if you're Otis, if if you're Tyson, I just don't think you want that drama with the idol. So I think that was the right move to get rid of it. It's one less thing that you have to worry about in your own voting people off over there. And then because when you go back and share the idol, it's like, well, now who are you not sharing the idol clue with? Are you saying, okay, yeah. everybody, okay, can I see Jerry? over here and basically they have this secret group that they don't want to expose who's in the group and who's not in the group so if you if you go back and share it with everybody then it creates some unnecessary drama so i actually think yeah give it give of that fishy to the culpeppers there for that or at least a half fishy how about a tail yeah. of the fish yeah yeah the fish the fish eyes the fish eyes i didn't think about the uh the element of Right, like it's going to expose tribal dynamics by who you're sharing it with and who you're not sharing it with. And do you want Cat to get it or Laura Bonham, you know, um, or Laura Moret? Um, so that's 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 a good point as well. I mean, is there someone else that the Cody's couldn't have could have given the idol clue to? What would be a better move for them? Well. You know, John, his only ally in the game would have been Rachel. I guess he could have given it to one of the girls who are at the bottom of the tr- of the, the group where it say, hey, this, well, this will really screw up Brad's game. But we never even got a chance to hear what John Cody's thought process was about this. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Like, why not give it to uh, Sierra or um, whatever Tina's daughter's name is? <laughs> Katie. Katie. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Katie, yeah. Or if if you know that it is a something that is a very threatening, why not give it to Brad? Right. Well, right. But they also don't want to give Brad that power. I mean, which makes sense, right? Like putting giving giving it to Monica. You know, she's going to be a bigger target too. You know, if they think Brad is fully running the tribe, they're not going to think that giving him the idol is going to really put a target on him. But I thought about that as well. I mean, it's a it's a Okay, well, let's talk about what is to come at Redemption Island. And as much as we complain about Redemption Island, uh, it has been the cause of a lot of excitement so far this season. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this, Stephen? Uh, I want to abbreviate Redemption Island down to Red Eye. Can we do that? Uh, are you on board with that? Yeah, I like that. All right. It sounds terrifying. Yes. Yeah. All right. Next week on Red Eye, here we go. Stephen, how would you like to be a fly on the tarp? over at Redemption Island tonight when Brad Culpepper shows up uh, in, while the, uh, the Cody's are in mid-snuggle. Here comes Brad Culpepper. Do you think he's going to spoon with them? Do you think <laughs> he, he, Candace, and John will all spoon? You know what? I thought Brad handled his exit gracefully. I thought he handled he his, rea- his entrance into Redemption Island gracefully. I, uh, you know, he seems like a nice guy. He played the game too hard or too aggressively, but I'll bet, I'll bet he's, has a nice tie. at him. Who's going to win, though? You know, Candace is doing it. I think Candace is definitely going to at least place in the next duel. Who is going to get eliminated next week? What is your prediction? I don't know. I would have to say uh, I feel like I don't know. I, I would say John Cody because I think he wants it the least of the three. But he's the puzzle master. I mean, he's been done, been done very well puzzles. Didn't he do like all of the puzzles at Tadana or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was a, well, they didn't win lot. any challenges, so he couldn't have been that good. But <laughs> it's going. I feel like this is the most interesting duel that we've ever we've ever had. I'm trying to think of a better. Maybe Cochran versus Ozzy, um, Russell Hance versus Matt Elrod. There have in the history of Redemption of Red Eye, there has not been a lot of great battles that we remember. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> so this could be <laughs> this could be the biggest one yet. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm very curious to see how it's going to play out because, uh, yeah, it, it's, it could be a big, but it also could be, you know, a total anticlimax. You know, someone could fall apart. And... Yeah, I feel like these red eye challenges are getting longer also. Yeah, last one was 45 minutes. This one was six hours or whatever. You know, it does seem like they've gotten, they're like, there's more stages in them. I, you know. Yeah. They're stepping it up. They're making it, making it count. Okay. I'm into it. I think it's going to be fun. Um, do you think that Brad Culpepper being voted out was a turn on for the, for the, uh, Woodcock Cody's? Do you think that this was like, uh, like, Hey, well, all right. Yeah. This is like a, do you think you're going to have like, uh, set the mood? anti Culpepper sex at Redemption Island? Yes. Or, or, uh, yes. Sorry. Excuse me. It's a PG podcast. I apologize. Yes. Uh, kissing, anti Culpepper kissing. Yeah, I think so. I think that this has got to like really set the, set the stage there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. You know, they're they're definitely going to be happy. You know, but why are they so bitter? Why is Candace so angry at Brad Culpepper? Explain that to me. I don't get it. That they say that revenge is the best aphrodisiac. Is that right? I think so. Um, okay. That I well, here's what happened. That came. That rhinoceros horn. No, no, it's revenge. It's revenge. Okay. Um, so when Marissa came back, she became good friends with Candace and I'm sure for six days or nine days, however long it's been, Marissa has just been like, oh, and I'll tell you what else Brad Culpepper did. Then Brad Culpepper did this, Brad Culpepper did this. And and, and then Brad Culpepper voted out John and then he came back and he's like, oh, Brad Culpepper, he blindsided me. So now Candace is just ready to go. I, this is what I don't like about about Redemption Island. Is it gives like pe- bitter losers a chance to like have an impact on the game. Have you know? a voice. It's it's good drama this season. In general, though, it just seems like you lost. You're bitter, and now you're like calling out someone who beat you and putting them in a bad position. Yeah. Well, it's just so different from the whole rest of Survivor, where you know you go, you get voted out on Survivor. You have a second to get up and say something. Maybe you know you're in shock. Maybe you could say yeah. like, uh, like you know, I hate you guys. Whatever, screw you guys. Uh, you're not gonna win. And you have like one second to say something. Then you go on the jury, and you're not allowed to say anything until you get to the final tribal council. The most you can do is be like. <sighs> <laughs> like and do eye rolls and like oh like really just be exasperated every time they talk this is like you get to be on like Mori povich every week of like screw you you're a jerk yeah. i'm flipping you the bird it's it's basically it's basically it turns survivor into like monday night raw where it's basically you just get to have your chance in the ring and jeff probst becomes like mean gene okerland and it's <laughs> like uh all right candace what did you think about that i'll tell you what i'll tell you what mean jeff uh brad culpepper better hope that he does not see my ass ever again because i am going to uh, you know i'm not gonna flip the bird but it's crazy yeah, no, it's it, it's I, I totally agree. It's it's crazy and it's it's a it's weird and it's like against the dynamic of of what what makes Survivor great. Uh, that said, it's it's paying off. It's paying off this season, so <laughs> we you love know, it. We're, can't we're, something that's working. We're not yeah. complaining. We're just noticing. This is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. difference between uh, what's going on and what has happened in the past. So, uh, and then w- one other thing about tonight's episode before we get to your questions. Uh, hashtag Coconut Bandits. Woo. Uh, uh, that was great. What a great moment. Yeah. 
Steven, uh, did Tyson ever steal the coconuts in Survivor Token Chains? Well, now I'm starting to wonder, you know. Did like, you fly? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, he actually wasn't around long enough for me to notice. <laughs> um, but he uh, he's great, right? Like, I love just how much fun he's bringing into the game, you know. Um, he, he's just making the whole thing enjoyable, you know. And when he asked Rachel last week, did you have fun? Um, and... You know, just his his emphasis on like keeping keeping you know having good times while he's playing Survivor. He's having a good time. So you, this alliance of Tyson and Jervis is this the yeah. most powerful alliance in the game right now? They are definitely the best at smack talking. I will get, I will tell you that they are the greatest at celebrating the losses of the other team. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what about, do you like this move to go and drink the coconut juice? Uh, basically, it's a high risk, high reward sort of uh, maneuver here. I mean, it's not a great move strategically, but obviously they're not doing it for strategy. You know, Tyson seems more delighted by, you know, the ruse that they're putting on the other people than they are, than he is uh, about the uh, the actual nutritional benefit of drinking more coconuts, you know? So I think, uh, I think this is mostly for fun and, and just to, uh, you know, screw with other people and, and to sort of, you know, bonds with bonds and with Jervis too. Yeah. Um, Steven, did you know that the coconut bandits is actually the working title of the follow-up to uh, the specialist, the Costa Rica job? <laughs> There's a, a, a hot, hot uh, South American woman with some, <laughs> some big coconuts that he's got to steal. <laughs> the coconut ban- when the coconut bandits strike, they call yeah. in the specialist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a stealth uh, a stealth odd us job. Um, I really got to say, I'm enjoying no no nicknames, no <laughs> alliance names. Like, what a relief this this season is. You know, like no freaking nonsense. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> no. Everybody's calling everybody by their by their not just their no nicknames. We're calling people by their first and last name. Like as if there were some other Brad that we would be confused with that Candace has to walk in and say uh, like, uh, F you Brad, Brad Culpepper. Um, like yeah. F you Brad wouldn't even suffice. Do you think that people are just contractually obligated to say his full name in case someone is flipping, you know, in case a football fan is flipping channels and like, is like, Oh, Brad, Brad Culpepper. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, Oh, I thought it was Dante Culpepper. No, Brad Culpepper. Um, so, is the Coconut Bandit Alliance a bad thing for Otis? Well, it's interesting. Well, they certainly seem to have, you know, have a, a target on, on Otis, you know, given given the Otis Vetus, uh, you know, connection. What, what did you think about that, Rob? Well, I kind of feel like it's interesting to note that the two people who've lost their loved one in Tyson and Jervis from this group. Uh, have decided, hey, let's be each other's loved ones. And I think yeah. that that is something that is could be very powerful. And I wonder if the best thing to happen for Otis right now would be for Vetus to get voted out. I mean, it definitely seems that if you have a loved one, you know, it's it's a liability as much as it is a strength. And, um, you know, I, I certainly think that will be, I mean, I'm very interested to see how it plays out come Emerge because we really have no idea, right? We have no idea what's going to happen. We've never seen it before, you know, to have these set pairs of people, uh, you know, linking up. And my God, I hope that they merge before uh, everyone on the Tadhana tribe is voted out. Yeah. 
I mean, this is the second season in a row where, I mean, what is the the pre-swap record of when you have people who've never played Survivor before versus people who've played Survivor? Is is it the people that have played Survivor before seven and one at this point? Is that right? Is that what last last season was? I think that they they lost, the returning players lost when Francesca got voted off. And then I think that it's uh, it's got to be either seven to one or eight to one. Let's I like this season and the format is good, but we need to figure out a way that the people who've played Survivor will always beat people who have not played Survivor uh, at this point in time. Um, it's not the fair. Who played Survivor will always be the people who've not no oh, beat 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 them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know what? Not competitive. That's what. Per- I think that's what production wants, you know, is that you're guaranteed your stars at the merge. Okay. And then pre-merge, you know, maybe someone pops and maybe they don't. Yeah. Uh, All right. I agree. I think it's, it's totally unfair. Um, but you know what? I, I used to rage against this. It used to bother me to no end to see these, like, completely mismatched contests. But life isn't fair. Survivor's not fair. Yeah, you're lucky you were cast. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, enough, make, yeah. make, the right? most of, like, make the most of your pre-merge airtime, uh, new players. Yeah, exactly. This is- I would be pissed. I would be pissed as hell. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's a, it's a you know, it's it stinks from a, from a fairness perspective, but it's, it's probably better from a, a television perspective. Maybe in the future, if we do this again, can we just call the new players tribe cannon fodder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Meat, fresh meat is what, how they did it on that. Uh, the challenge, which was yeah, really let's good. just let's just do it that way. Let's be let's be fair. Um, I just one last thing with Aris and Vetus. Uh, I said this pregame that I really feel like uh, those two are going to be so much of a threat. There's no way they could both be at the merge, and then somebody doesn't say we got to get rid of one of these guys. Are you obligated? Has, has Aris made you promise to like talk, you know, to like to hype him up a, a certain amount of time during any given episode? Oh no! Why do you feel like I'm you just... feel like I'm I'm over hyping the Aris? No, no, I, I'm just joking. I'm I'm just I'm just ribbing you, um, as they say. Uh, no, I, I mean I agree with you. You know, I think that Aris is you know probably the dominant person right now. It, it seems like he's. I mean. You know, we, we had Colton come off, uh, and in all of his exit interviews, he's kind of, you know, kind of put Otis was not on a blast. fan. Like, Why is that? He was not a fan. He was not putting no. Otis over. No, it, you know, and obviously, you know, any anyone's bitter interviews after the fact are sort of suspect. Um, but he did seem to say that Otis had, you know, all these relationships in the tribe. It was kind of friends with everybody. Um, and, and you know, it doesn't look, you know, the fact, the idea that Otis is the lead in that five alliance is not. It just seems seems somewhat likely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and, and then Vetus is, is probably in the best position on the other tribe. I mean, I definitely think that could be a very dangerous combination. And, you know, if they're not too obviously a threat, they could easily run the game. Yeah. Um, well, what about this? Um, we saw Otis and Tyson uh, snuggling a couple of weeks ago, Stephen. Um, yeah. Is, if Tyson was to betray Otis, uh, would that hurt extra considering that they were snuggle buddies? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I guess you know once you've once you've had that intimate bond with someone, you know, and everything you do is is you know it's just so much more fraught. All right, let's take some questions here. Uh, let's okay. Jessica Frey has been monitoring the show. Uh, ex- excellent work so far tonight, Stephen. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're, you're really. Me? Oh, thank you. Yes, oh, you're really, you've been uh, incredibly on point. It must be the it it's must be the posture. It allows me to focus on you. Yeah. All right. So let's bring in some questions here. Uh, all right. Let's start it off. 
This is from our own Sarah Freeman, uh, one of the, one of the great survivor bloggers on Robinswebsite.com. She wants to know: Can anybody on Galang accept the idol clue now that Monica set that precedent? That is interesting, Stephen. Will anybody be able to take an idol clue, or will we just see more fuel for the fire? Literally. You know, I wonder if anyone on Galang knows that they're left out, right? I mean, if you if you were Laura Moret or you were Kat and you suddenly realized, hey, I'm not a part of this, you know, may, maybe you would, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it'll be interesting. Will nobody on either trial, what about on the other group as well? Will anybody, you know, let's say, um, I don't know who would give, let's say John says, all right, let me give a ha- hook Hayden up this week. Uh, I mean, what, is Hayden under the obligation to throw the clue in the fire now too? Can someone else say like, hey, give, give it to me. Can like Sierra be like, yo, yo, Monica, I'll, I'll take that over here. Well, that might be the interesting way to go is sort of like the T-shirt launcher way of like, uh, all right, who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants this clue? Like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, I guess, is that the T-shirt launcher or is that the uh, catching the bouquet? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Either. Probably, probably catching the bouquet. That's probably whoever whoever catches it is going to be the next one to get voted off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, All right. right, Taylor Cotter wants to know any chance Monica falls on her sword and takes Brad's place next week, especially after not giving him the clue. Okay, this is interesting, Stephen. Do you think that there's a chance Monica no. and Brad wife swap? No, no, no chance, right? I think that Monica offers and Brad Culpepper, you know, he's like, I can't let the guys back home see this. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. no way he could accept that offer. Yeah. Well, that would be probably the most interesting way the episode could go next week to see Brad Culpepper at the tribe of returning players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would happen there? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, because uh, it would be awkward because Monica is in the alliance with Tyson and Jervis and Tina and Otis. So that, they would yeah. be under some obligation to work with him. I See, that's where I think your obligation point is, does not have any merit. I think there's zero chance where the, that that would happen. I don't know. I feel like, you know, if you make – let's say it was me and Nicole on this season. And I, I would feel like if if – you know, I was in an alliance with people and I left and then Nicole came to that tribe. I would feel like, hey, you should work with Nicole. You were working with me. We're a, we're, no, we're a pair. If Nicole had masterminded, you know, my, my mom's ouster, <laughs> I wouldn't work with Nicole. No. If my mom was like, screw Nicole Sestrinino, I'd be like, she's gone. She's gone next. We can, we can grab one of these other people to replace, you know, Rob's spot. But I, I like Rob. I'm going to maintain my friendship with him. But Nicole and I are done. Okay, well that's that's fair. And uh, you know, there's a, a number of things your mom could have done that could have set Nicole off. So we have to no, really, no, you know, everyone is rooting out. But of course, I, I'm taking my mom's side of that argument. <laughs> Nicole has a short fuse. I'll, I'll put it out there. <laughs> All right. So how about this question from Natalie? What do we make of Tyson and Otis now that we heard Tyson say he doesn't want to work uh, with Aris and Vetus? Um, all right, well, we talked about this a, a little bit earlier. Uh, do we think that there is a rift between Tyson and Otis, or is Tyson just keeping his options open? I think everyone is probably at this point keeping their options open. I don't think anyone knows how it's going to shake out, right, when the merge comes. Um, you know, there's no real way of knowing who's going to, you know, ally with whom. You know, the other thing is you don't know who you're going to get along with. You know, for the most part, alliances on Survivor are built on uh, liking each other and trusting each other. But you can, you know, in this situation, you know, maybe you can like 
uh, Sierra Moret and not like Laura, you know, or you can like Monica or not like Brad. So it's, it's, uh, how does that work out? You know, I guess we're going to see. Yeah. It's also interesting. I talked about this in my podcast with John Carroll a couple of weeks ago of there is a sweet spot that you don't want to go so long without ever going to tribal council. And I, I do subscribe to this. I think that you do want to go to tribal council ideally with your tribe sometime in the first nine days. Cause even look at, um, what was the tribe? And we'll talk to Abby Maria tomorrow on the podcast about this, her tribe with Mike Scoopin and, and they didn't, Tandang. Yeah. They didn't go to tribal council for the whole pre, Emerge, and then the first time they went to tribal council, the whole thing fell apart. So, oh, go ahead. I think you kind of want to have at least one vote under your belt before you get to the merge, because you want to know, okay, when push comes to shove, when the bell rings, who's with who? Right. right. No, I definitely agree with you. I think that's absolutely the case. You know, you, and it's a little bit sobering too to, to sort of recognize that you know that we can lose, that people are getting voted out. Uh, you know, it puts the fear of Jeff in you. Um, but I, I, I think to, a, to some extent that whole Colton fiasco really, you know, might have inoculated the, uh, the Galang against that because, you know, they, they had this person who like, kind of was represented all the scheming craziness that so often besets these tribes that win a lot, and they, they, they exiled him, you know, and I think maybe that was, that was a, uh, a chastening moment for the tribe and possibly a good one. Certainly didn't have the you know the impact that you're talking about where you you really see are my allies writing the same name on paper that they tell me they're going to. I mean, off the top uh, of your head, can you think who are the tribes that had so much pre-merge success? Sure. Uh, let's let's how about um from was it Galoo? Galoo and Samoa completely a big one. fell uh, apart post-merge. Sure, uh, in the um, um, there's there's a lot actually, and I'm totally blanking now on. on I mean, the hero, the, the villains fell apart, but that was you know pre-merge. Um, All right, I'm sure the people in the comments can come up with uh, some more, but I think it's an interesting case study. I do think you want to get inoculated with the tribal council at some point before it gets too late. Yeah. Okay. Um, Austin Rhodes wants to know who do you guys figure would be voted out if the if the favorites lose the next challenge? I think maybe Cat or Laura Bonham, but I don't know. What do you think about this, Rob? You know, straight out of the gate, Laura Bonham was added to the tribe. Uh, she, obvious first boot, but, you know, she's performed very well and kind of kept her head down. What do you think now, if they go to tribal council, who's getting voted out first? I think it's got to be Laura or Kat. I think those are the safe assumptions. Uh, Laura Moret, I would say, is probably in the conversation, but we haven't seen too much of her other than her just beating her daughter in challenges. That seems to be her storyline so far. So I would say it's probably Laura or Kat, and I would say whatever one is getting screen time uh, next, I would say is probably the one that's going to go home. Uh, Rob Steven, do you think Caleb will get cocky based on last night's preview? Kabuki 7005 wants to know. Yeah, sure looked hella cocky uh, in oh the preview God. for next week. You know, He's look, looking you know like how a I feel young... about the previews, Rob. Yes. You know how I no, feel but, about the previews. Well, this is just a shot, though. Uh, I feel like Caleb looking like a young Richard Hatch out there, lounging, feeling good about himself. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, my yeah. gut says it's a good thing. I don't, th- I mean, I, you know, C- Caleb seems like the most low key guy, you know, I, I mean, if he makes one f- fake cocky remark, I, you know, I, I hardly think it's, you know, feeling, feeling an example of feeling good. Yeah. 
All right, a couple more questions here with Stephen Fishback. All right, Thomas Leeming wants to know, do you think that the tribes will get mixed up at all before the merge? And if they do, will it be a random switch or couples versus couples? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Stephen. How are you feeling? Will there be a swap soon? I was sure that they were going to do it. I, I was, like, positive that they were going to have a, a swap. Uh, now I'm not so sure. You know, I, I thought it would have been this episode or last episode. I actually thought it would be this episode. So uh, now I'm, I'm suspicious that they won't. I mean, the only the only uh, reason to have it is is because, you know, otherwise that other tribe is going to get decimated and the whole blood versus water twist is going to be irrelevant, yeah. right? Because uh, if Tanhana loses again, which, as you said, like there's every suggestion it would – you know, at a certain point, there's only going to be one or two love, love, you know, couples in the game, and that kind of defeats the purpose and the fun of this twist. So, I mean, if I'm in production, I'm thinking we got to switch these things up immediately. I'm going to stand my ground. I think that they're going to keep it the same because blood versus water with everybody mishmashed and some people, there would be no fair way to do it. Some people would be on a tribe with their loved ones. Other people wouldn't be. I think they're going to leave it as is. I think if anything, maybe we could see an early merge. Um, that's possible. That's certainly possible. I, I just think, you know, uh, I, I mean, the only, you know, the only fair way to do it is randomly, right? I mean, you know, yes, some people will get luckier than others in terms of what, what allies they're with, but that's always the case in a random swap. Okay. Uh, Megan Z wants to know, is Tyson playing out of the original Jervis playbook by finding ways to lay around that camp while remaining likable? Is, is Tyson the new Jervis? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that. Jervis, originally they said that Jervis had the great social game that he was, you know, he brought a deck of cards. He was everybody's friend, but he was very lazy. He didn't do any work around the camp. And that was the original Jervis 1.0. And it does seem like Tyson is, uh, you know, but I feel like that's just Tyson. I, I don't think that he's uh, saying, I don't think Tyson went back and watched Survivor Borneo and said, I'm going to copy this. Uh, this Jervis is a great strategist. I'm going to copy what he's doing. <laughs> I thought Tyson actually did a fair amount of work in, in token chains to be, to be, to be honest. Uh, yeah. The guy has his shoulders know. separated. Cut him a break. Yeah. Yeah. Cut him a break guys. Yeah. Uh, right. Is Tina Colbying Aris? So the question is, is Tina, you know, trying to become the, the main lady for Aris in the hopes that, you know, they'll go to the final tribals and, and she'll win again. Um, I think that that's what Tina does. I don't think that it's, you know, that's, that's her game. She pairs up with a, with a young, a young athletic guy. And I think it's, it's a good move. And then you don't, you, you know, when you come home, your girlfriend doesn't say to you, Oh, like what was going on with you and Tina out there? You know, you just have, she's like kind of like a mom ish and, and she's, you know, a smart player. So I think that's, it's a win-win. She's a hot mom. She's she's a yeah yeah okay. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. Um, by the way, in case in case you were you were wondering, Stephen, I, I I ran this by Nicole. Nicole is okay with the term MILF. So that is that is kosher oh. in my in my house. I you mean with with it being ascribed to her. <laughs> yes. As opposed to like a, other other. I, I don't think I'm allowed to say that about other people, but I. <laughs> she told me that was okay. All right. There you go. All right, Stephen. We talked about so much here uh, in, in this hour. This was uh, the really. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted as well. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more uh, to cover, and uh, of course, we will uh, get into all of it tomorrow. Marissa will join me on Rob as a podcast tomorrow morning, and then uh, I will speak with uh, Abby Maria. So that that'll be a fun one, Stephen. Abby Maria is funny. 
Dark Horse uh, for the Miss Survivor uh, pageant, you know, the, the candidacy that never was. Yes, she was the people's choice, but unfortunately, yeah. the rules were rules. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, later on tonight, I am going to also be answering comments on this video on YouTube. So uh, post your questions for me, and I'm going to go ahead and answer a bunch of them uh, later on after I eat some dinner. Um, we get us get us your voicemails for Rob as a podcast as well tomorrow. That number three two three two eight two R H A P. Just from, try to keep it about thirty seconds. That's really the sweet spot uh, for your voicemails. And uh, we've got a lot more uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, we are going to do our first ever Walking Dead podcast uh, on Sunday. There you go, Steve. You watch you watch The Walking Dead? No. Oh. Oh. Well, it's a, it's a pretty uh, it's exciting. People used to hate that. People have hated that. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I've heard such bad things about it. I, I was into it at, at the beginning, but people have, uh, you know. I would say the thing about The Walking Dead is that it's not it's not Breaking Bad, it's not Mad Men, but it's fun. And there's a lot of people that 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 die. It's it's very formulaic. It's like they figure yeah. out how to kill somebody off every week. It's almost like a like Survivor in some ways, you know. Um, High body count. That, yeah, I, I keep watching Boardwalk Empire, and that show just keeps breaking my heart. You know, I know you just, you are you're always tweeting about how much you hate Boardwalk Empire. I, hate it I feel so like much. for years, for years, yeah. uh, even like down to like that, you, like you you you're like breaking down individual scenes on Twitter about like oh my god, fat guy going up the stairs, seen this before. <laughs> it's terrible. It's everything. Scenes are cliched. The characters are just joy. I can't. I really hate. It. I don't know why I do it to myself. Yeah. I, it's that's not one of my favorite favorites, but I do I do watch that. Um, and, and one other thing I want to tell you guys: uh, the nominations are open, Stephen, for the 2013 Ooh. Podcast Awards. So we need your help to help us get nominated for Best Entertainment Podcast of 2013. We want to repeat. So uh, if you think we are worthy of a nomination, please uh, go to podcastawards.com and nominate Rob as a podcast for, and you only get to nominate one, one time. So, you know, think, think it through, think about what other podcasts we want to nominate, and then you can submit your ballot at podcastawards.com. All right. What do you think of that? Uh, Steven, Steven, do you put that on, on your resume as a, a co-host for a award winning podcast? I'm going to, I feel like I ought to, I mean, this is the number one podcast in TV and film or something. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, 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 yeah. Not, it. not every day, but at times we have, we have uh, reached that milestone. So well, I tell people every day. Oh yeah. You can add that to your LinkedIn. Nobody's people probably won't yeah. fact check that. All right. Yeah. Well, Steven, thank you very much for joining us from the new set. Very good. Well, thanks very much. And thanks for having me. And uh, thank you all out there. Uh, and, and good night. And good oh, oh, by the way, is that, is that official Culpepper's share fishy this week? I, I, haven't, I haven't finished writing it, so who knows? You know, I might just, you know, not finish. Uh, I say you got to give it to Caleb. Really? But I don't think it's a good move, though, I mean, for the reasons we talked How do you, you know, it's short, it's short term. I know, but it was exciting. It was, it was exciting, but I'm not, you know, the, the fishy is, is more than excitement. It's about, it's about <laughs> I, You know me. I am a sucker for the sizzle. <laughs> you do love the like, sizzle. Oh, shiny, shiny thing. Oh, big move. I love I it. I want the steak, Rob. I want the meat. Yeah. All right. Uh, sounds good. Steven, thank you so much. Jessica Frey, great job as usual. And, uh, you know, keep coming back to robaswebsite.com. More shows uh, tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. See you, Rob.
The theme to Survivor Know-It-Alls is written and performed by the Fake Plastic Trees. Hear more of their music at fakeplastictrees.nl.